You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. College basketball is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, finally it is here. And I'm here to help you break down a very fun, very intriguing opening night. You are locked on the NBA draft. As is tradition, it is a Wednesday morning. As such, you are joined today by your host. It is me, Sam Ferris, here to talk about a very fun opening night of college basketball. We had a lot of NBA draft prospects playing tonight. We had a couple marquee matchups, and of course, we had a lot of other good teams playing not so good teams in blowout fashion. But there is a lot to discuss, and I am here to get into it today. First, I just want to thank you guys, our listeners, for making this show, the Locked On NBA Draft, your first listen today and hopefully every day. I very much appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Draft Dummies. I'm sure a lot of you do, but if you don't, I'm constantly posting... um, my thoughts, some stats, a lot of clips, both of um, the draft prospects in college basketball, as well as the rookies and sophomores in the NBA. So a little bit or a lot of bit of everything. Uh, and we've got a title sponsor today. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been a little bit more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's almost like an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, so let's get into what we saw today. Uh, Again, like you, our listeners probably know, going to have three segments of the show today. In the first segment, I think I'm going to spend most of the first segment discussing what I saw, what stood out in the Duke-Kentucky game, because that is the game that I just finished watching, recording that just after the game tonight. Uh, It's fresh on my mind, and frankly, it was an awesome game that has, of course, some of the top prospects. In the second segment, and part of the third segment as well, likely, I'll talk about some of the other headlines that I saw today, other games I watched, what stood out to me. And then in the final segment, I'll give you a couple guys to watch out for, maybe some sleeper prospects, or at least guys that are going to um, that are going to outplay expectations this season. Some kind of dark horse guys to keep an eye on. I always love digging deep in the trenches and finding some of those kind of diamonds in the rough. But of course, we've got to start with that blockbuster game, Duke Kentucky. And the place that I want to start here is the freshman guard matchup. Uh, I'll get to Paolo Boncaro. He was fantastic tonight. But I want to start with this freshman guard matchup. Trevor Keels outdueled Ty Ty Washington. Frankly, it was not even close. But I was intrigued to see this matchup. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I was a guy... I was pretty high on Ty Ty Washington coming into this season. He had seemed to gain, you know, quite a bit of steam recently. It'd been a lot of talk and kind of buzz about him. And I thought in, you know, Kentucky's scrimmages and their games against these lesser opponents leading up to this game, he had looked pretty good to me. Um, 
but I'll get a bit more into that. The reason why I was so excited, of course, two heralded freshman guards, uh, the list that I'm looking at, the RSCI coming in, in other words, kind of uh, the average index ranking of these guys as you know, freshman recruits coming in. Uh, Trevor Keels was ranked number 23 and Ty Ty Washington 22. So back to back. And that that's part of the intrigue. Those guys were excited to play each other, guarded each other at times. Uh, but we got to start with how good Trevor Keels was today. I, I kind of manually counted as I was watching the game. He finished six for eight at the rim today. I think that's like 75%. Obviously, it's just one game. I think it goes without saying that, you know, as I talk about the guys that stood out today, I, I'm i not sharing what I believe is 100% concrete or what is going to be the case for these guys as prospects moving forward. I'm just sharing what I saw from them on day one. So again, small sample size, as is most everything related to the draft. This is not uh, the entire book on these guys, just what I saw from them day one. Trevor Keels was six for eight at the rim today. Again, fantastic. I believe four for 10 or so on jumpers. But what really stood out was that ability to get to the rim and to finish. I love how he was able to do it kind of however and whenever he wanted. Uh, He was able to kind of isolate and drive all the way from the perimeter when he had a smaller guy on him there was at least a time or two where he posted up just used his strength went through the guy and finished finished around and threw some big men at the rim too so it was everything you wanted to see from Trevor Keels as a driver at the rim you know just at six foot four he he is built right like when you just see him out on the court you know I I almost think he looks like kind of like a Gary Trent Jr., especially just the obvious kind of physical comparison, but he's got that strength, looks like an NBA player. Of course, he he's stronger, more explosive than a Gary Trent. That's just <laughs> the physical comparison of what he looks like out there on the court. But I, I loved how powerful he was. Uh, they talked about on the call today on ESPN, Jay Billis talked about his strength and the body control number one was just the thing that stood out to me the most. So again, he was the 23rd ranked freshman coming in based on that performance. We'll keep an eye on him moving forward, but he's certainly going to be in draft conversations as a one and done guy moving forward. They showed the graphic a few times, but he was, uh, I think it was either the third or fourth, Most points for a Duke player in their debut, so very impressive. And of course, (laughs) even more impressive that uh, he did this against Ty Ty Washington, completely outplayed him. I think Ty Ty uh, just didn't shoot that well at all from the field. I've got the stats in front of me. He was 3 for 14. Jay Billis talked about the the shot selection not being great but on top of that I just didn't think he was able to really generate great looks off the bounce either so I was slightly underwhelmed slightly disappointed from what I saw from Ty Ty he certainly doesn't have the physical tools that Keels does and that was uh, on display today so I'll be interested to keep an eye on these two freshman guards moving forward but for now Keels certainly 
certainly was uh, the more impressive on day one. And, you know, you can point to numbers, not uh, just the small sample size, but in terms of what I saw just visually, just the eye test, that strength, that power, that body control, the size, in other words, the physical tools that Kiels has uh, just are, are superior, superior to Ty Ty Washington. But we can't go too long without mentioning Paolo Boncaro, who I, I had listed as the number one guy coming in. I was pretty confident in that. And the short sentence, the executive summary on this game, I think the number one thing we all took away is, yeah, he is that guy. Paolo Boncaro is that guy. I don't think there's going to end up being too much discussion and I, I mentioned this on Twitter today as I was watching the game, at least for me, he looks to be clearly the number one guy. And, and I'd go so far as to say, I think he'd be the number one guy in most drafts. Uh, just, you know, the average draft, I think he's number one. I would say probably in most drafts, I, I do think, you know, of course we'd have to go look through each one, but I, I think he's, I guess another way of saying that, I think he's better than an average number one pick is kind of my prediction for what we're going to see from Paolo Boncaro this year. Uh, there were just so many sequences. There uh, there was one that I, <coughs> I wrote down that stood out to me. Yeah, he had a nice little rip through mid-range pull-up that he drilled. And then the next time down, he does like a professional rip through move while they're in the bonus, I believe, to get free throws. Got to the free throw line a bunch tonight. Uh, let's see, how many did he shoot? Eight of nine tonight. He just knows how to play, knows how to score. He is huge, can really handle the ball. Took a number of self-created pull-up or fadeaways in the mid-range, but also, again, got to the rim, mostly whenever he wanted. So he's just got the physical tools in terms of the size the physical strength, and then the athleticism is not incendiary. It's not going to light you up, but for his size and strength, his physical profile, it's good. So the physical tools are, they're an A. They just are. Uh, and then in terms of the ball handling at that size, the ability to score at all three levels, uh, of course, you're not going to see that consistently every night, but the... The foundation is there to score at all three levels. Um, I will say I, I did want to see more from him defensively. I thought he was a bit lackadaisical at times uh, during the game, but he was suffering from some cramps, and overall he was fantastic. Again, I think he's going to be the runaway consensus number one pick this season. But look, that game was awesome to open up the college basketball season. Oscar Sheboy also pulled down almost 20 rebounds tonight, 19. Uh, we did get to see a cameo from A.J. Griffin. He was a guy that I thought coming into the season, and I know many others did too, that that he might end up being a top five pick. Uh, of course, he's been injured for the majority of the last two seasons. Uh, only played a few games tonight. Of course, he's returning a few minutes tonight. He's returning, came back earlier than we expected from that injury. Uh, didn't do much tonight. That was a bit discouraging. I'm hoping he's just ramping it up from injury, but that's another guy that I'm certainly going to keep an eye on. Um, but again, just really enjoyed that game. That was the game I, 
I think most of us were looking forward to tonight. So in the next segment coming up, I'm going to get into a couple of the other guys that stood out. But first, let's get into a break here. We've got Built Bar is one of our sponsors today. For those that have listened to the show, I talk about them all the time. They sent me some more this past week that I've loved, including blueberry muffin, a great flavor. But yeah, it, it's Thanksgiving, so you're, you're going to eat a lot. I eat a lot, and I love to eat Built Bars. So, you know, just like all the time, Thanksgiving time is a great time for Built Bars. It's, you could even say, the new holiday dessert. So feast on something delicious. Get yourself a Built Bar. They've got so many different flavors. Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. I love these Built Bars, and because you are listening to our show, you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you will get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so I took a bit more time to go through that first game because I think it merited that the game was fantastic. And that was kind of the premier game from night number one. But I'm going to do a little bit more just quick trigger lightning round to get through some guys, uh, some topics I wanted to hit on. Let's start with the Tennessee game that I was able to watch a lot of. Kennedy Chandler was fantastic. Um, a lot of people would argue coming in that he was, in fact, the number one point guard in this class. I'm not so sure on that yet. Uh, the main question marks to me was just the size. He he is pretty undersized, uh, but we'll, we'll see how he does throughout the year. The other question I had was, how well does that jumper translate? What happens when guys go under his screen in order to try to neutralize his quickness and his penetration? Well, tonight he came out, shot the lights out, I think four or four from three, including a couple times when guys went under screens. He even was running off some screens, you know, baseline and uh, taking a couple jumpers off movement. That looked really nice too. So Kennedy Chandler was one of the best performances I saw today, especially from a freshman. And the reason I'm even more excited about this Tennessee team they might have my favorite backcourt in the country. I was a big Justin Powell guy last season at Auburn. He started out fantastic as a freshman, had some injuries, ended up sitting out, transferred to Tennessee, uh, so within the SEC there. Um, and I love that backcourt. I, I, I do think that Justin Powell will be an NBA prospect at some point, whether it's this year or next year remains to be seen. But I I think that that backcourt is just so much fun. They almost remind me as kind of the college version of the Hawks where uh, you could say Kennedy Chandler's the head of the snake. He's the Trey Young type. But then at the two, uh, whether it's either Kevin Herter or Bogdan Bogdanovich, just that other guard that can really handle and play off of the point guard, but also has size and kind of can moonlight as a point guard as well uh, in Justin Powell. So they, to me, are my favorite backcourt probably in the country right now, and I'm excited to continue to watch them. Kennedy Chandler will very likely be one-and-done guy. I do believe Justin Powell will be an NBA prospect at some point. Okay, moving on. This guy 
that I'm going to talk about next is a guy that I think will go a long way in terms of defining how this next draft class turns out. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people talk about how the star power at the top isn't so great. Again, I disagree with that. I think Paolo Boncaro is going to be a, a good, if not very good, number one overall pick. But Jabari Smith is the guy I want to talk about next. Um, I have him as a top five guy coming into this season. I know a lot of other people do not quite have him that high, but just his potential, his ceiling to me, his fit also in the modern NBA is very intriguing. I see him as a four that can put the ball on the on the floor a bit. I love his shooting stroke. I think he's going to shoot it very well out of spot ups, but also has some potential as a pull-up guy too. And then he's got very good size and solid to good athleticism. He's just a guy that fits in the modern NBA. My very early comparison, if you want to make it, is kind of like a Richard Lewis type guy, especially if you want to think of him as kind of his early days in Seattle, if you want to go back that far. So he, to me, is one of the highest upside guys in this class. And he, uh, not a very high usage opening game, but I think he shot two of three from three as well. And the stroke looked very good. He looked like he was moving very well on the perimeter too. So again, that potential switch abilities as an NBA four can play the perimeter in kind of that four out one in modern NBA system. So another guy, keep your eye on him. Remember, I've got him as a top five guy. I liked what I saw from him. We'll be interested to see, uh, can he ramp up a bit of that usage? And what does his efficiency look like this year? And is that jump shot as good as I expect? The next guy that I want to talk about is Justin Moore out of Villanova, a 6'4 guard, another guy with some good strength, uh, somewhat of a similar similar profile to Keels. I don't think he's quite as dynamic as him, but the 6'4 guard with strength, uh, he's a junior now. As a freshman at Villanova, I and a lot of other draft guys thought of him as kind of one of those Villanova guys that after a year or two would come out, be able to contribute in the NBA, a smart player that knows his role, shot it very well as a freshman as well. So that was another plus for him, but he came back his sophomore season. The shot didn't go in as much, I think as a freshman, 39% from three, but then as a sophomore, that dipped to about 30%. Uh, you'll see that sometimes Aaron Wiggins, last uh in last draft class was a similar case to this where as a freshman i really liked him as kind of a dark horse nba prospect but then as a sophomore didn't shoot it as well and maryland just wasn't as good i think we saw a bit of that from justin moore last year uh he came out 27 points tonight in the opener was looking for his offense six for eight from three so that's another guy to keep an eye on could be a potential second round pick this year if he keeps that up. And if he does end up being a guy that Villanova can rely on, the number that is going to kind of define his season is the volume that he gets up from three. Because again, uh, on a short sample over the course of a college season, the volume in terms of where you're getting your shots from is as indicative 
if not more indicative than the percentages, but the volume and the percentage he shoots from three are going to define kind of his season this year. So I liked what I saw from him. Okay, quickly next, I'm going to move on to Caleb Love. And I talked about him coming into the season. Again, Caleb Love out of North Carolina. I talked about Caleb Love as... Uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, swing players in all of college basketball. So what exactly do I mean by that? Uh, I meant that I, I like what North Carolina did in the offseason. They brought in some bigs that can space the floor in Brady Manick and Dawson Garcia. They obviously underwent a coaching change when Roy Williams left. So, uh, you know, I was thinking they'd, they'd modernize that offense under Hubert Davis spread the floor for him a bit and look Caleb Love is a point guard that a lot of guys coming into last season when he was a freshman thought he would be a one and done guy a potential lottery pick and he really he disappointed he was very inefficient last year and so I thought going into his sophomore season if he can be the guy that we thought he would be last year in this more modern spaced out North Carolina offense then he can lift them into being a top 10 team this year. I, I do believe that, but I just think his range of outcomes in terms of how well he plays this year is pretty wide. That being said, he came out and had a, a very good seat, uh, opening game, scored over 20 points, shot well. Of course, they weren't playing <clears throat> the greatest opponent, but I do think North Carolina can be a top 10, at least top 15 team this year. And uh, I, I like the changes they made. A lot of it's going to come down to Caleb Love. And I really liked what I saw from him in his debut tonight. Um, so those were a couple of the guys that stood out to me. Obviously, <clears throat> there were a ton of games tonight. I'm only one person. Uh, I've been watching as many of these games live as I can. And I'm going to catch up on the rest of them uh, as the season progressive progresses. But those were mostly the games, mostly the prospects that I was able to see tonight. And I am very excited to keep an eye on all of these guys moving forward throughout the season. So coming up in the final segment, I'm going to give you a couple sleeper guys to keep an eye on. And then uh, just real quickly wanted to mention one rookie in the NBA who has been outperforming expectations. But first, a message from our sponsor, betonline.ag. Yes, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our now updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so I wanted to give you, uh, because we've talked about a lot of the guys, you know, mostly guys that are projected to be first round picks, whether it's Boncaro, Keels, Ty Ty, <coughs> Jabari Smith. Kennedy Chandler. I gave you a couple other guys I'm interested in, in Justin Powell from Tennessee, Justin Moore from Villanova, uh, and Caleb Love from North Carolina. But these guys that I'm going to discuss next 
just quickly going to get into them are wings that are kind of some of my wing bets that are some of maybe some diamonds in the rough guys that I think might ex exceed expectations. And at least one of these guys will end up being an NBA prospect in the future, hopefully more than one. Uh, I like to play around with numbers. I like to go back over past years to see, you know, which prospects works. And I've kind of devised my own secret formula in attempting to find some of the next kind of sleeper wings. So I'm going to give you three kind of options here. The first one is Chad Baker. Uh, I think I've mentioned him on the podcast before. Uh, he transferred to San Diego State this season. He played last year at Duquesne as a freshman. A guy that shot the ball very well uh, in his limited minutes. And guys that transfer to San Diego State tend to do well too. I was a big Malachi Flynn fan. They do well with these transfers. So Chad Baker is a guy on the wing that can shoot. He played very well in the minutes last year for Duquesne. Basically their best player on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. And again, this formula, the secret formula I've been hinting at, uh, if, if this does continue to be successful like it has in finding some of these kind of low-end diamond in the rough type of guys, then I will kind of unveil what I'm using to find these guys. But for now, I'll keep it a secret uh, in case these predictions maybe just don't go so well. But Chad Baker is the first guy. If you catch a San Diego State game, check in on him. He's a guy that shot the lights out last year for Duquesne. Jaden Jones is the next one. This is a pretty deep cut. He's a Long Beach State guy. I project him... He, to be their best player this year. I don't know, frankly, how good Long Beach State is going to be, but again, the stats, the inputs, uh, when I put them through this kind of metric, uh, this, this equation that I've come up with, it tends to really like him as well. A guy that uh, had solid defensive numbers, had a low turnover rate, but it was a very low usage guy. Obviously, all three of these guys I'm going to mention, both Chad Baker at San Diego State this year, Jaden Jones at Long Beach State, these guys were obviously inherently low usage guys as freshmen last year. So I'm looking at, you know, projecting a jump from these guys as freshmen to sophomore. If one or two of these guys hits, I'll be happy because, again, they're deep cuts. Jalen Bridges at West Virginia is the third one. You know, West Virginia tends to have other guys who kind of dominate the ball a little bit more, whether it was kind of Miles McBride in that role last year. I still don't necessarily think he's going to be like an on-ball heavy guy this year. I think only had seven, eight, maybe nine points in his first game today at West Virginia, but he's a good defensive player. Again, the indicators like him. These are just guys to keep an eye on. Uh, another guy that can shoot, and obviously, anytime I talk about the draft, I'm always looking for wings because there just is a dearth of those guys in the NBA. Every NBA team needs them. There's a shortage of them, so trying to find that next kind of wing guy that can step in, whether they end up rising all the way to the first round or are kind of a sleeper in the second round, those are the guys that you just want to find. So again, the three guys I mentioned, Chad Baker at SDSU, Jaden Jones at Long Beach State, and Jalen Bridges at West Virginia. 
Can they take on more usage this year? Can they continue to be that efficient? And can they be, again, positives defensively as well in the wing? Just wanted to share these three names with you, and uh, we can all keep an eye on these guys together. And finally, to round out the podcast today, I haven't had a chance to just shout out Austin Reeves, who was a guy that... uh, that we liked, that Cody and I, going back to last year, liked. I tweeted out when he was picked up by the Lakers as an undrafted guy that I said, depending on how the Lakers fill out the rest of their roster, this guy, Austin Reeves, can step in and play a role from day one. Well, the Lakers didn't fill out the rest of their roster very well. I actually predicted them to be fifth in the Western Conference this season, and that's looking pretty accurate. And what do you know, Austin Reeves has been one of their more dependable players. He's been consistently in the closing lineup. And so I wanted to pat him on the back. And that's something that I did get right in the draft. I had him graded as a late first round prospect. I think that's where he should have gone. I don't get everything right. Uh, I don't get as many things right as a lot of people. I like learning from my mistakes. I'm not afraid to be wrong, but that was one thing. And of course, it's very early, right? It's very early, but it's just been fun to see a guy like that have success and play a role where he's closing games and is so dependable for a good team. So just wanted to shout out Austin Reeves to finish out this podcast today. But more than anything, I am excited for college basketball to be back, excited to watch a lot of tape, watch these games live. And thank you so much for joining me to discuss these guys today. It was the first day of a long and fun day, fun season of college basketball. Uh, Again, you can follow me at Draft Dummies. Thank you for making this show your first listen today and hopefully every day. Uh, I would also invite you to listen to our show, the Locked On Bets podcast. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Again, Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. So thank you again for tuning in. I very much appreciate you listeners. Have a good rest of your afternoon.